summary point relates to now is the time for people working in HR to really start to measure things. And I don't mean that in a policing kind of way. I don't mean that what time did you check in with your fingerprint? What time did you log in your computer? Because there's lots of stories going on around the world right now, right? Of, of leaders who are, give me, the, give me the download. Let me look at when people logged in, when they logged off. They've got, Fahad, have you seen this? They've got software people right now where the webinar, the webcam has to be on all the time. And it's programmed so that if the person goes out of the screen, their mobile phone rings, right? That happens to one Program. of my students. <laughs> oh no, that's oh no. God, really I, I, I was hoping it was more theoretical, but-, but... No, no, it happens. It's... We're back live with the podcast for HR Learn In. My name is Brad Boyson, joining you from Dubai, and I'm with my co-host and co-founder, Fahad Khalafa, how are you doing? Good, very well, guys. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode. Um, we are yeah. very excited to that. What we stopped? I there. hope are you. We stopped a week, maybe. Uh, we took a bit of a break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it's busy time to catch up, and I hope for everyone out there that you know it's busy times and productive and safe and sound times as well because uh you know these are challenging times but uh we're getting some really positive signals from our market and our region in terms of business activity um so we got a really interesting topic we're going to talk about a bit of the uh some of the one organization in particular that's shifting its work policy to a permanent nature but maybe before we do that fahad let's shall we take a break yeah let's take a commercial break all right. See ya. Wow. I learned a lot as a mentor. Say, make us think. Um, that they said it was rather than because you're in the webinars. That way you spread. What's really interesting. When we started this program, the tagline for this was. All right, we're back. And again, this is Brad Boyce and talking to you from Dubai. And I'm joined with my co-host and co-founder, Fahad Khalaf. We are talking about the world of work. We're talking about HR. This is after all HR learn in. And there was an interesting story in the news, Fahad, just a couple of days ago, actually, about Microsoft Corporation changing its policy for work. And I think like a lot of people, a lot of organizations, the work from home policy is, is becoming almost second nature right now, but it isn't necessarily a policy. It might just be something that organizations are doing because they have little choice or they're doing things like social distancing at work. So they're limiting the number of people who come into a physical office space. But Microsoft went on record last week as saying that they're going to introduce the remote work or work from home policy for certain positions permanently. And that's a big statement. I mean, you know, so let me capture your initial thoughts on that, Fahad. When you first saw that, what 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 came to your mind? What were your initial thoughts about that? Um, I think they were kind too late for that. I don't know what I yeah. felt there quite late. Uh, because I think from a huge organization like uh, Microsoft, I think by default, they should have percentage of their employees work, working remotely from home. That could it's quite be. possible. Yeah. 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 And they might have already, you know, they could have 60% of the people working from home before COVID started. And now they're just shifted up to a higher number. I'm not sure, but that's a very fair point. Yeah. Yeah. And Other I thoughts? 
Yeah, I think their policies, what, what, I, what I was reading uh, a couple of days ago, and I think that the policy is not more than 50%, but it can exceed depending mm. on the management uh, decision. But here's the thing, what I'm thinking that everyone said, oh, Microsoft did it, let's do it. I said, uh -uh, there's a catch here. Microsoft is going to take care of everything related to build or to provide you, support you with work permit or at least work design workstation at your home. Mm. So will every company will be able to provide equipment, tools, even designing specific place for their employees to have a, the real working environment at their home? Or you're just gonna throw policy without giving a benefit? Yeah, I think a lot of people just look at the headline and they don't read between the lines. I was actually listening to another podcast last week and they had, it was from the United States and they had a lawyer on talking about the organization's company's responsibilities for uh, having people at work in terms of things like, what if, you know, think about this thought. If, you if you're working from home and you have an accident, mm -hmm. is that an accident at work now? That, that right? should be, should be. <laughs> and that's what the lawyer said, is that according to U.S. law, that that would be as long as someone's doing it during their working hours that are agreed to. And, and so to your point, there's just so many things that, you know, we really haven't thought through because we've kind of seen this remote work sort of be forced upon us and some more willingly than others. But um if you move into that permanent space, even if it's not 100% of your workforce, even if it's a large percent, there's a lot of unintended consequences involved. There's probably some hidden legal issues that people haven't thought through. And yeah, can you imagine that? Okay, work from home. Okay, company, provide me with you know a desk. Provide me with you know more than just a computer. Pay for my home internet. Um, oh, by the way, you know my printer paper. Oh, by the way, you know where does it stop? Oh, I need a new camera so that I can connect. Mm -hmm. it, it is really uh, a tip of the iceberg type of question that I don't think many organizations are talking about yet. And, and by the way, referring to your point that, by the way, Spain uh, and, and some European countries in August, they, they, um, they recommended, or I don't know if it's been implemented or not, uh, a law which will force employer uh, to pay some expenses for any employee working from home. It, now, yeah. uh, what are these yeah. expenses? Could be internet, it could be some uh, contribution to the electric city and uh, the water and the coffee and all these stuff. So there will be certain amount will be contributed by, by the employer. So here's the thing. Everyone is like said, wow, Microsoft is doing it. But uh -uh. as you mentioned, there are expenses, there are insurance, there is a legality point of view, there is a regulation will get implemented. And, and, and the main point is, um, I think uh, productivity, you know, like here's the main thing, how are you gonna monitor productivity? So I think the process and procedure will also need to get evaluated. Yeah, it's, you know, you think about how many laws are out there that are based on measuring employees work on such antiquated factors like, you know, start time, finish time, you know, at the office, fingerprint scans, what time do you log onto your computer? you know, overtime pay, leave allowances, all of these types of things that I don't know many, if any places in the world really have those codified in law yet. And yet this is really going to force a lot of those issues into the, you know, I, again, that podcast I was listening to last week from the United States, the lawyer was talking about in a very indirect way or, or haphazard kind of way is, you know, that 
you can, for example, by sending your employee an email or a text message at a certain time, trigger their hours of work. So you can engage, you can trigger overtime, for example. And so she was very casual about this. She said, well, just, you know, this is where the the, the timing feature in, in emails come into play where you set your emails to be set at a certain time. And you know, the HRME is going, what, what are we doing? You talked about productivity, Fahad. Like, where are we going with this in terms of adding more and more layers of bureaucracy and, and just all playing a bit of a game? But coming, you know, full circle back to the core question, what do you, what do you think are sort of the core drivers behind Microsoft's decision? Admittedly, we don't have inside information. We don't know, you know, directly, but you know, whether it's Microsoft or others who are doing similar or plan to do similar, what do you think the core drivers are? I'm sure 100% the number one will be money. So reduce yeah. operational cost. That's obviously, and this is the goal of every company. They want to make more profit and uh, pay less expenses somehow. So this could where, be- Where would that money be saved? Like part of me says, well, it, you know, in principle, that sounds like it will save money, but where would be some of the, the cost savings in particular? Uh, Big time, uh, it will be in electricity, it will be in the building rental of premises, rental. building yeah. more, more uh, towers, building or space of the office, maybe even parking space, parking space, hiring people, security, you know, everything. And, and uh, not also that it's about buying lands, which you need to build on this stuff. So, and I think it's a combination of everything. And, and this is one yeah. of the good question because I was working in a project, I think two years ago, uh, one of that company, I think, I don't know if I mentioned it or not, but one of uh, one of the companies that I was working on, they called us part of the consultancy community, committee, sorry. They said, we want to reduce our cost somehow. Hmm. So the first thing we did is, is by default, do you guys do an overtime? Yes, we do have an overtime. How often the employees are taking overtime? So we went through this full balance sheet, full everything. Why do employees usually take a frequent overtime? Is there a short, real shortage of manpower or mm -hmm. there's no workload management? What is going on? What we figure out is these guys, they work from eight to five. So, mm -hmm. you know, in Dubai, heading to other side of Dubai near Sharjah or heading to Sharjah and other Northern Emirates, five is the peak time of traffic. So yeah. what they usually <laughs> do is they take their time, sweet time, they spend it in the office till 8, 9 p.m. They have their tea, coffee, consume uh, power, electricity, and everything. And then they leave home direct when shot without traffic. And, and if you keep in mind also their cars are less, uh, less destroyed because of the, of the traffic itself when you spend more traffic. Yeah, and, sure. And they save patrols and they save these, uh, what do they call it? Uh, toll free? Not toll free. I forgot the article. Tolls. Tolls. Tolls, yeah, sorry. Tolls, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we did the whole calculation, we did, we recommended certain things. Number one, no overtime to be done. Mm -hmm. If you want an overtime, it has to get approved by the director. So we, mm -hmm. we, we moved the authority from the managers. We immediately provided to the director. Imagine then the director will have more control and, and the money that is getting spent. And obviously, mm -hmm. the managers were not going to jump into the director every time. I need an overtime approval. It would look silly somehow. So, and plus of that, no overtime, zero overtime, unless it's something super critical and emergency and urgent. That's one. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Second thing, we, we reduce the working hours. I recommend it to reduce the working hours from eight to four. So, okay. so when they avoid leave, traffic, yeah, yeah. avoid the traffic or at least the beginning of the traffic. So what happens here at the end of the 12 months, we, we, when I, uh, yeah, it was a fifth, the total saving was 15 million plus. Wow. Only from power, from food, from copy, consumption, water, uh, pumping, whatever, security, and instead of having four or five security across the night, only two securities. Yeah, sure. Everything. everything. So, so I think for, for a small company, not like even big as Microsoft had saved around 15 million in a year. What do you think Microsoft will save? I'm sure maybe a billion somehow. Yeah, it's got to be a lot. They have a huge workforce and, you know, their head office in Washington State and Redmond. Um, but, you know, at, what I really liked about the way you explained your story, Fahad, is that, you know, you, you did what very few HR people that I know do, which is you, you broke it down. You know, you did sort of a, a cost accounting analysis of this. And this should be common nature for HR people. Um, and then, you know, there's this you sort of step back and I challenged you early on and, you know, is there, where is the cost savings? Cause I'll give you another example. And it's, it's different is that, you know, when I grew up, um, my dad worked in the supermarket industry. He used to design, you know, supermarket stores and, you know, and you could say that's a basic technology. Everyone needs food stuffs and, and things like that. But at that time, and you probably remember from your own experience, Fudge, you, you know, when stores would be only open like banks, right? They would be have certain hours, they'd have maybe two days a week where they were closed. And if they had to open up more or longer, the workforce was resistant. And how do you not just convince the workforce to change their work behavior, but also cost account whether or not it makes sense to extend the hours, right? Mm-hmm. And they did a similar research and found that because the building's there anyways, the electricity is there anyways. You know, if you have a freezer keeping the frozen food cold, you don't turn that off at night like lights. It still has to stay on. So they they did a calculation that something like 80 to 85% of their fixed costs were still fixed at night when they were closed. And they said, if we just add a few staff, it's not going to be as busy. We can keep open longer hours. And I don't want to say that this was the reason why we've got, you know, stores that are open, some stores are open 24 hours a day now in different parts of the world, seven days a week. But it's that that cost accounting that you just did that's really relevant here. So we're talking about Microsoft, we're talking about work from home, remote work. Uh, and, and all I would add to what you initially said was that we shouldn't assume. There, I, I believe there is a cost savings. But Maybe there's not. We just have to do the numbers. And, and that's, uh, you know, that's value-added HR. That's not transactional personnel. Uh, and I think it's a valid point when you mention it's, um, it's, it's, it cannot be somehow what I'm thinking is like, you can't think it's only immediate return because it's an investment. So mm-hmm. what they are doing right now, it's if, if you're going to calculate the same average cost of the year in the next 10 years, it might cost them, for example, assuming $10 billion. But if they start now, okay, they have to initially pay, pay out or invest approximately $1 billion, But 
then the remaining 9 billion, it will add as a profit in the next probably 10 years or next three years or whatever. So it's an investment base. So they might be paying, that's why in their articles, they will be paying a lot of expenses or extra funds to their employees to work from home and they will take care of all the workstation, all the expenses or the necessary expenses. But it's an investment that, that comparing to what they will be saving in the next three to five years, it's going to be much more what they paid initially. So it's an investment thing. So it's a choice. But I'm sure they did their own risk analysis. They did their own balance sheet. They did their the ROI in terms of the decision itself. So, yeah, and I, and it, I doubted anything that could be out Let there. me follow up on a question, you know, and I don't want to put you on the spot. But I think it's a tricky question is, you know, when you get into creative work, like, programming, anything that has arts and science overlap is how, you know, when they designed the head office, the new head office for Apple in California, you know, they did so many different things designed to stimulate creativity. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we're in a pandemic and I don't know Apple's, <laughs> I don't know Apple's policy if, you know, in this regard, but they've spent billions for a state of the art workplace that's designed very explicitly to encourage random acts of creativity and now all of a sudden by choice or force that that's challenged so i guess coming full circle my own question is if it made sense why didn't they do it before the pandemic what do you think i don't know um there's two things that i'm thinking of right now maybe they were not prepared for that or mm -hmm. uh, there might be a future strategy of renting the remaining space, which is an additional income. Could be, you know, like. How about, what about on the workforce, you know, in terms of, you know, linking it to, because I know, and I don't, we don't want to pick on Microsoft, you know, this could be any number of any company basically. companies, that, yeah. but they tend to be the more global t technology orientated companies. And we all talk about them, don't we? Let's face it. Yeah. I mean, we all talk like I joke in my classes, you know, I, I talk about Google, like I work there. Well, no, I've never worked there in my life. I use it like I use many products, but it's not an accident that I know Google. Google is branding themselves in the world as if you know it, especially in certain types of work. And that's an employment branding strategy. But I know, for example, in North America with Canada and the United States, that there's been a real challenge in getting, for example, visas, work visas for people yeah. outside the U.S. to go into the U.S., you know, with or without COVID. So I'll, I'm curious to think your thoughts in terms of the strategy that they're using as it relates to the global workforce. Any thoughts on that? Um, I think this is one of the things that we were discussing about as maybe they're trying to use officially an outsource individuals or company outside of the U.S. under the policy of working from home or remotely. That could be. And I think based on what you mentioned, maybe because what's going on politically in the U.S., maybe the administration or regulation is a little bit being on hold or not clear. Uh, at the end of the day, let's, let's fax that Apple or Microsoft or Google they are money-making machine and they have to continue doing whatever they do regardless of the politics itself. So uh, they need to find a solution unless the political issues or everything got settled somehow. 
and and uh, from a risk management point of view and i'm sure everyone knows this bcp or bcm which is the business continuity management is you can't throw all your apples in one basket something happens in the us something happens in, in somewhere else then that goes off so it's good to to segregate and you can't throw all your money into one bank uh, whatever happens in that bank you go off so uh, yeah, and I think the same thing. It's 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 good to have diversity, and it's always good to have uh, people across the globe. And and second thing, it's also giving an opportunity for people outside of the U.S. itself. I'm sure there's yeah. huge potential in Asia, Asia Pacific, in Africa, in Europe, North America, South America, Latin America, even the Middle East itself. Uh, you know, we can't just forget everything what's going on and. But there are talents everywhere, and I think this is gonna give uh, Microsoft a chance to explore more. But here's the question: mm. Is let me let me just ask you this question? Do you think sure. Microsoft is ready to transform their HR processes, procedures? Do you think they co-op as an HR for that? Well, I think. I have to say, I, I know some people at Microsoft and actually had several years ago an indirect relative who worked for Microsoft. And at that time, I thought Microsoft must be one of, and this is quite a few years ago, must be one of the poorest run organizations in the world because if they would hire this person that I knew, <laughs> that I'm, and I'm, I'm not joking, this person, you know, and I'm an HR guy and I'm saying this person is toxic. And so that was a long time ago though. Yeah. And so uh, I know that, H, that the HR at, at um, uh, Microsoft in the past few years has been extremely progressive. You remember they were one of the first large tech companies to get rid of the uh, forced distributions in performance management. You know, yeah. others felt they weren't the first, but they got on that one really early on. So, uh, you know, the short answer is, are they prepared? At one level, I think at a high level, absolutely. You know, I think they have world-class HR. But what I hear in your question, and maybe you have an answer to your own question, is, is like there's a lot of small details that are unprecedented in this world of work that we're talking about right now that I think anyone would be incredibly arrogant to think that have been completely um, thought through. I, I think back to the financial crisis, 2008, 2009, when Lehman Brothers goes bankrupt in the United States and it's a global company and the bankruptcy laws in the UK are completely different than in the United States. In the United States, it's a formality. It's a paper transaction. In yep. the UK, it's shut the doors, you know, hand over the keys to a new, you know, re receiver. And some people said that that was one of the triggers that the dominoes that triggered that effect. So I, I to be honest, I don't know. I, I, I hope they've thought through this, but I think better organizations will also realize that they have to risk manage in the sense of, you know, prepare for the unknown unknowns too as best they can. So what are your thoughts on the HR side of this? Hmm. I think he triggered another questions for me, but, um, happens. <laughs> um, I don't know, to be honest with you, because, and I think based on what you said is the conclusion, HR, uh, Microsoft HR team went long way from, or to be at least a leading, uh, a leading HR function. And somehow for me, it, 
what what I really try to feel is, is regardless how strong or what is your history, is I feel how you're gonna co-op with the future or the current situation. Yeah. And and I don't have a proper answer for that because I have a lot of shock moments during the last three years from what I was working with comparing to what I was hearing about. So um, I really want to see what's end by end of 2020-21 or sorry 2021 uh, what's gonna do for companies how regulations gonna do and i think this is also triggered another topic that i want to mention is people think just moving changing policy itself is not enough it's also changing the support that that the people need changing the the regulations changing even the onboarding process i think uh, it's very important uh, how are you going to do the orientation the process how do we have the tools do we have the manpower do you have capabilities but i think this is just the beginning because ai is coming and our, and and everything m- might reduce so i don't think there will be any replacement if an ai took over a particular function so uh, it's a mix i might I, you know i think i might even have a different opinion than you on this one is, you know, part of, again, you triggered me to think about something too. It's kind of like the joke where, you know, if you have a computer with your (coughs) problem with your computer, what pops up and you call the help desk or something, they say, well, call the help desk. Well, no, my computer's not working. How am I supposed to call you? (laughs) Right? Like it's, I think people underestimate the, the human aspect of dealing with small issues and, you know, I don't want to belittle it by saying they're small issues. I think they're big issues if they don't get resolved. But that's one of the things that work and, and computers and, and AI, I think, are teaching us. And I, I have a very you know, strong opinion on this. And I'm certainly not an expert, which makes it very easy to be proven wrong. But I think back to, you know, when many years ago when people thought about beating a computer at chess, right? I said, oh, that'll never happen. That'll never happen. Well, it happened quite a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But what they came to realize wasn't so much about the chess. It was that a more simple game of checkers or go, which if people know those, those are much often played on the same board as a chess game. Mm-hmm. A simple game is actually much harder for a computer to master than a person. And, and so I think there's something hidden in here in HR that's very similar. I think, I think people who don't get their hands dirty in frontline HR roles may take for granted some of the little things that humans do, regardless of their job title, regardless of their compensation to solve problems. And they just make this assumption that because it's seemingly routine or seemingly transactional, that it can be automated. And mm. I would agree, yes, provided you're capturing all that's happening. And my experience has been is these outside sort of experts come in and whether it's an enterprise software implementation and they need to configure things, they think, oh, yes, we can do, we can do this, we can do this. The big stuff is actually easier than the simple stuff. So um, I, hope, I hope I'm not right on most counts because, you know, if I'm a new employee and I'm working remote and I have to be onboarded and how do you do that remotely? You know, it's, it's, you don't have the buddy system, you know, that's face to face, you know, in, in every sense of the word. 
um, it becomes significantly more challenging. But I think that's good in some ways in terms of keeping us agile, you know, not to use a buzzword, but, uh, you know, I, I, I get frustrated like a lot of people when the interfaces I'm using change. Yeah. But at the same time, as a business person, as a systems person, I understand that part of the reason to change that is to introduce me to new things, but, and maybe sometimes that's to sell me something, but in the process of me relearning it, I'm not getting stuck in an old way of doing that keeps me from being, you know, whatever is the opposite of agile, anti-agile. So, um, you know, finish your thoughts. I think we're closing up on our time, but I really want to get your thought on that last point is sort of, you know, what is, how can HR deal with these new challenges, onboarding and, and stuff in this, this unprecedented world of work? <sighs> um, you know, what I feel is uh, our HR team, the manpower or the workforce, are they trained? Do they have, first of all, the necessary tools to execute any changes, for example? and boarding do they have the e-signature uh, mm. can they sign the e-signature do they have the platform so they can allow for example the new joined employee to, to sign e-forms because there is no physical one or they will start printing it and ship it to them or to her to him wherever then they're gonna re, re ship it again or what's gonna happen uh, these are one of the things and if that happens what is our process and procedure says do we need to attest the passport copy? Do we need to see the physical uh, signature? Do we have all these stuff? And, and these are one of the things. So we are talking about the tools. We're talking about uh, the process and procedures and regulation. And also we're talking about the manpower. Are our manpower equipped with all these necessary information, trained, technical side of it? Uh, are they even, by the way, because initially in the first three to six months, when you have Microsoft hiring a lot of people or suddenly uh, writing off a lot of turnovers, what are you going to do? Do employees have that kind of work-life balance? Uh, are they going to work after work and keep the risk, the management part of it? What are going to happen if someone burns out? What are going to mm -hmm. happen if you have a group of people leaving suddenly? Uh, so there are many things I, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if they, okay, they, they announce it, but the effective effectiveness of that might go till probably March to 2021. So it's only a headline right now, but I think the process of executing the, we, they need around six months for that. Yeah, it's, you know, again, I think you and I do the same. We say something that triggers, you know, a, a thought. And, you know, the, the last point you made made me really think about, and I'm, I'm actually going to, our, our first season for our next version 2.0 HR Learn In starts tomorrow. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, the, the, the webinar that I'm going to do, you know, I actually dive into that a little bit in terms of, you know, adapting to change and uh, the importance of it, but making sure that you measure things because imagine Microsoft does all of this and they don't have their initial met metrics right now. So they could measure the outcome of this change six months from now, but if they don't actually have the benchmarks to compare to what it was like now or six months ago, pre COVID, 
there's no way of really knowing how it's being managed, let alone led. Mm -hmm. So, the, you know, the, the point I'm going to be making in, in the webinar tomorrow, one of many, is that this is the time for HR people to really start to measure. Yeah. It's, as you said earlier on, it's, it's actually quite easy to start to look at performance remotely because it, it, you're isolated and everyone's isolated. So you can't hide behind office politics. You can't hide behind WASTA or people who will protect you or, or nepotism. And, and it, it's, it's there. And that performance, it's, it's like the emperor with no clothes. You either have clothes on or you don't. And that is a unique time for all of us working in HR. And sometimes it applies to us too, right, Fahad? Yeah. Is that HR? You know, is the HR actually adding value? And if people don't notice that you're not there or that you're not working together, make no mistake, that's going to be questioned at some point. So my summary point relates to now is the time for people working in HR to really start to measure things. And I don't mean that in a policing kind of way. I don't mean, what time did you check in with your fingerprint? What time did you log in your computer? Because there's lots of stories going on around the world right now, right? Of, of leaders who are, give me, the, give, give me the download. Let me look at when people logged in, when they logged off. They've got, Fahad, have you seen this? They've got software people right now where the, webinar, the webcam has to be on all the time. And it's programmed so that if the person goes out of the screen, their mobile phone rings, right? It happens to Program. one of my students. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh no. God, that's really I, I, I was hoping it was more theoretical. But, oh, but no, it, happens. it happens maybe less than three months, man. Someone of my, some of my students, she called me, said, how do you, how do you expect, expect me? I was giving a, a, a training course about innovation and creativity at workforce, at uh, working remotely. She said, how do you expect for me to work to create be more creative, be more innovative with ideas and so on. What I have, my boss has said, you have to keep your camera 24 seven and you need to ensure that the screen saver is off. Otherwise you will consider like you're not at work. I said, what the heck? <laughs> I think this is a complete, you know, another topic for another podcast. Yeah. It, it's really an important discussion point. Cause if I'm the 22 year old me watching you and I talk right now, Fahad, I'm going, that's easy. You know, I'm just going to get some software that, that puts my face in front of the camera and it moves a bit and, you know, and it's the game, you know, the game, you know, the quid pro quo game of just trying to avoid working, avoid being productive, avoid being accountable by leaders and the workforce, you know, has always been around. It's just, you know, the, the tools that we play with change. No, I totally agree with that. And, and I'm sure there is a lot of topics that we're talking about because, because by end of this, uh, I could say episode, I think you triggered something important, which is something I, we, uh, it's very well known as ROWE, R-O-W-E, which is mean work only results or only, sorry, results only working environment. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so, Forget all the process or the procedures that the, these are basics. Focus on the objectives. What, are you, what do you need from me? I don't care how you do with all this stuff. But the problem is you have people psychology. You have people who get used to a certain uh, management style where they want to continue it because if they don't continue it, they feel that they lost control. And then they start having their own emotional burnout and, and so on. So it's another great topic to discuss about it, about 
management, leadership, and so on. Uh, guys, uh, I just before wrapping up, and I think the closure will let will give Brad to do the great closure. But uh, just to remind you guys, on 13th of October, we are starting our first uh, HR Learn in Webinar Project Virgin 2 or V2 2.0 where we have an amazing, outstanding speakers, mentors, thought leaders, subject matter experts to share their thoughts and ideas in different topics. And by the way, some of these topics, when, when Brad was mention, mentioning about it, people are in our mentors and our subject matter experts, they will be talking about it. So just jump into our website, go to the events, see the necessary details, register now and to have more details. And especially when the one, uh, Brad, you mentioned about HR strategy, how HR can be more profitable, more beneficial, instead of being just a cost center. With that, I'm going to wrap it up. And remember, everyone, our slogan for HR Learn In. Tune in, skill up, and pay it forward. Until next time, good night from Dubai. Good night, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs>